the Chef Naz Podcast begins now. You're listening to the Shep Naz Podcast here at Shepherd Church. Everything we do is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ. I'm Pastor Zach, and I'm your guest host today, sitting for Pastor Joey while he's at home with a brand newborn baby. So today we are speaking once again with Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob, welcome to your own office. Thank, Thank you. you. It is so great to be here. <laughs> I love this place. It's great. I mean, you'd think you'd spend enough time in here, and then we just keep adding things yeah, on to do in here. So. Well, this way I don't have to go very far to be in it. So. Yeah, it's perfect. So I just roll out of my chair and walk this way and sit in this one. Yeah, short commute. It's yep. good. It's good. Well, we're traffic's excited. Traffic's terrible. <laughs> yeah, traffic's terrible. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you on again today, man. This past Sunday, uh, we got back into Ephesians, and I can confidently say that you didn't get to share everything that you wanted to share on Sunday morning, believe it <laughs> or not. Uh, so we've set up this whole podcast so that you can just dive on in and give us some of the bonus material, and I'm really excited to hear it. Awesome. Um, so Ephesians uh, was written a long time ago, like like a couple thousand years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you tell us why it's important for us to study and read this letter today? Yeah, uh, so it, if you uh, listened earlier in the week, we had uh, Pastor Rob McCorkle on, and he is writing a new book uh, or a study on um, Ephesians ch- or Acts chapter 19, which is the period of time that Paul was in Ephesus. Uh, and shortly after he spent his time there in Ephesus, he, was, uh, he wrote this book. Mm-hmm. So a couple years after he was there, and we were talking about the revival that's going on at Asbury, yeah. and um, Rob was reading about the revival that took place in Acts chapter 19. Mm. Um, and it, it's really similar, like some of the same things that happened to Paul and to the disciples in Acts chapter 19, the believers there, mm. are the same things that are happening in Asbury. Wow, that's and cool. And so as I was kind of processing all that, I thought, well... I knew that Paul wrote the book of Ephesians just two years after he left uh, Ephesus. And Mm -hmm. actually, the reason that he left Ephesus is he kind of got kicked out and arrested because the revival was creating such a stir. Like it was the it was the temple of of Artemis or Diana. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was like big business there, this goddess of of. Greek goddess or whatever, Um, and uh, the revival took place and disrupted the business. And so that's why he's actually in jail because of the revival that took place there in Ephesus. And so he was reading about what was happening there in Acts chapter 19, and it was just really, really similar. And it made me feel like if if that— he wrote this maybe in response to those believers who had experienced that revival, but were living in this challenging time. That w- and, and that's the same for us, right? Yep. We're living in the same time frame that uh, the same kind of thing that's happening in Ephesus is happening in our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a godless culture. Um, you know, there's all these kind of things. The occultic stuff is really high. Mm-hmm. Uh, education devoid of God, just immorality running rampant. Yep. Uh, but on the heels of a revival as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, this is really, really relevant. So it's it's really similar, um, and and I think it's really interesting, and I'm I'm excited about that. Yeah. So yeah, that's really awesome. Man. Yeah, that's really really awesome. Um. So, uh, let's see here, where are we at? Sorry. So we're diving. Diving into chapter one. Goodness gracious. I was so enthralled by what you were saying. I totally lost my spot. (laughs) Me too. So diving into chapter one, tell us a little about uh, what Paul writes. Yeah. So so we're we're only so far in the series. This will be the third. You'll have heard the third message and we're still in chapter one. Mm -hmm. And this this is so rich. There's so much stuff in there. But basically chapter one, he just, you know, begins by saying, you know, hey, this is Paul. I'm writing to you and who's writing to the pleasantries. But then in verse three, Paul says this. He 
says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Wow. And if you like read that and you think, that's that's a lot. Like Paul says, mm-hmm. we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Like if you look up the Greek word every, it means every. Hmm. Like it's like everything that we have available to to us from the Holy Spirit, everything the Holy Spirit can do is available to us. And so we have this incredible blessing that we have. Um, and Paul, I feel like, was trying to say to the Ephesian believers, look, in the midst of this, like you're, they're living in enemy territory, right? In the, where the home of Artemis is. The church is not huge. There's not a ton of people there. But Paul's like, I want you to know the resources that you have available to you as you're fighting this war. Um, And then he goes on and he reminds us that the source of the blessing is the Holy Spirit. It's not stuff. It's the Holy Spirit. And because we have the Holy Spirit, we have access to every spiritual blessing that there is. And the blessings are spiritual in nature, of course. Um, It's like, you know, the power to overcome sin, say no to temptation. It's the the power to live a pure life and to choose right and those kinds of things. But they're not limited to spiritual things as well. And so all these blessings are ours. But then he also says in the end of that verse, he says, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Mm. And that phrase in Christ, Paul uses, in he uses it 11 times in the first sentence oh wow so actually verse 3 through verse 14 is one sentence in the greek (laughs) and he uses in christ 11 times just in that sentence but 33 times in the letter wow so obviously for paul it's really important that that we this in christ is important and what this word in means it's really like a a relational union um, and it's the same word that Jesus used when he said, uh, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father and be united to his wife. Mm-hmm. The word united that he uses is in. It's the same thing. And so it's this relational union. And so what Paul is saying is that as long as we're connected to Christ in, in, our, in, a, in a relationship and we're committed to him like you would be committed to your spouse in a relationship, in a marriage, mm-hmm. that all of these blessings, every every blessing that the Holy Spirit can come up with or can accomplish mm-hmm. is available to you in your Christian life. That's wild. And I mean, it's like, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, you'd be ni- it'd be nice to like, I, thought, I, should, I should write, I should, I, should sh- I should search the Bible and come up with all the blessings that are available to us. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, well, I'd have to just copy the whole Bible. Right. Because <laughs> that's what it really is. I mean, it's like, there's a lot to it. And so yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that is really there. cool. Like, yeah. I'm just trying really hard to just wrap my brain around the idea of like every blessing. Yeah. Like you had said, like it's, that's not just one small little thing. You could right. you could dig through the Bible and right. never probably never find all of them. Oh, really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and that's just verse three. That's just the. So I mean, it's just the beginning of the the long sentence, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the sentence is just loaded. That's so, awesome. Yeah, man. it's amazing. That's awesome. Well, this podcast is off to a great start, and I know we got a lot more to talk about. But we're going to take a quick break before we do that. Uh, so great. don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Awesome. Countless people experience God's blessings when they tithe but often the first step is the hardest one to take. The 90-day tithe challenge, a money-back guarantee of sorts. Essentially, it's a contract based on God's promise in Malachi 3, 10, and 11. See, the Bible asks us to give our first and our best back to God, and He will bless the rest. We return to the Lord 10% of what He's given us because it belongs to Him. If you're not tithing already, a great way to start is with the 90-day tithe challenge. We commit to you that if you tithe for three months, and God doesn't hold true to his promises of blessings, we'll refund 100% of your tithe, no questions asked. All you gotta do is fill out the connect card and click the button that says 90 Day Tithe Challenge. We'll sign you up and we'll be able to walk with you through those three months 
and see all the good that God will do in your life. Well, welcome back, Rob. Thanks for not running off on me. I appreciate you hanging out with me as we continue this conversation. I thought about it, but it is my office, so I didn't have anywhere to run. <laughs> it, our plan is working. Our plan is working. Well, hey, we just got done talking about the first half of this and where Paul talks a lot about the blessings that come, all the blessings. Yeah. And we're trying to like wrap our heads around all those blessings. But Paul also talks a lot about salvation as well. Um, what does he have to say about that in the opening chapter? Yeah, so the the next little section in uh, chapter one, he talks about salvation kind of in three stages. Mm-hmm. He talks about what God has done to prepare us for salvation or what he did prior to our salvation. He was working, uh, mm-hmm. and we call that prevenient grace, everything God did before we came to know him. So God did a lot of stuff before that. Then we talked. To, he talks a little bit about how we come to know Christ, like what is our what is he doing now so that we can have salvation? And then mm-hmm. he goes on and talks about some of the benefits of that. And I think it's really interesting to think about uh, everything that God has done prior to our salvation, because typically we think that our salvation starts when I made a decision to follow Jesus. But mm-hmm. really, the Bible teaches us that your salvation started, your salvation experience started a long time ago. Mm. Like Paul says in verse four, he says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So what Paul is saying is that before the world was ever created, he knew that you were coming. He knew that I was coming and he made a conscious choice to choose us and then to do everything that he could to arrange the circumstances and situations in our life to make us come to the point where we would accept him. So we think that we actually are the ones who chose him, uh, but he did, that's not true. He chose us, right? Mm. Like he, before the creation of the world, he chose us. And then it goes on where he talks about, um, not only did he choose us, but but Jesus talks about, uh, in he, Jesus says this in, in uh, John chapter 6, verse 44, Jesus said, no one can come to me unless they're drawn by the Father. Mm. So, so here's what this means. Like if you have a relationship with Jesus, it isn't just because you chose him. It's because before the, the world was created, God knew you were coming and he chose you so that you could be holy and blameless. And then when you came, the Father was working in your life to make you aware of your sin, to draw you into a relationship with Jesus. And when you responded, it wasn't the beginning. It was it was just one more event in this long chain of events that started before the world was ever created for your salvation. So God had a lot to do with it. He chose us, right? Mm-hmm. And then kind of the scary part is, and I say scary because sometimes we make it that way. The next verse, he says, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And then it says, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his child. And and that word predestined is a little bit of a scary word. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are like, you know, well, what does that mean? And, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, typically in the church, you know, we come up with different views of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes they're very opposing in yeah. this particular case. There's two very different opposing views of predestination. The word predestined means to to choose beforehand. Yeah. And so what Paul is saying is that he chose you beforehand. But sometimes there's this like hey, this is how we this is kind of how we do it. So because because it's a, a can be a divisive or a scary word. It's also a biblical word. So I think it's important that we cover it. Yep. And so typically in the church we we fall into 
one of two categories, and we the two categories are called one is Calvinism and the other is Arminianism or Wesleyan Arminianism. One is named after John Calvin, who believed, you know, what we're going to say is Calvinism, and the other is Jacobus Arminius or John Wesley, who believed this and, and everything. So Calvinism basically says that Calvin defined predestination as God's eternal decree by which he determined by himself whatever he willed to happen with every person creating some persons for eternal life and others for eternal damnation. So mm. the idea of Calvinism is that God chooses everyone who's going to get saved and he chooses those who are not going to get saved. Mm. And you really don't have a lot to do with it. You, you're, you're only like, um, if you were picked, you're, you're in, if you weren't picked, you're out and there's nothing you can do about it. Wow. Right. That's kind of scary. Cause then you're like, yeah. well, if I don't have anything to do with about it, then I could not be picked and I want to be picked, you know? Yeah. So, so it kind of is kind of scary. Um, there's some, one of the passages of scripture that, that often supports that is um, Romans chapter nine, verse 17, where Paul is talking about an example in the old Testament. And, and the verse says, for example, scripture says to Pharaoh, I put you here for this reason to demonstrate my power through you and to spread my name throughout the earth. Therefore, if God wants to be kind to anyone, he will be. If he wants to make someone stubborn, he will. And the idea is that God made Pharaoh stubborn mm -hmm. and used him in a, in a, in a way to uh, display his, um, he gave him a hard heart, right? Yeah. And that God gave him the hard heart. And so they use that to say, well, God gives some people hard hearts, some people soft mm -hmm. hearts or whatever. Um, and the idea behind Calvinism is that it's all predetermined who will be saved. Like you don't really have a lot to do with it. Well, some people struggle with that, and you can interpret scripture differently. And so the mm -hmm. other side of that is Arminianism, um, which really basically has four, four tenets. And the first one is that God decreed to create the world and to appoint Christ as Redeemer, Mediator, and Savior to pay for the sins of the world. That he, second, decreed to save everyone who would receive Christ and continue in their belief. Three, that he decreed to give all the future persons the means, which is be the Bible, the sacraments, and such, to believe in Christ, making grace available to everyone. And then four, that God decreed to save particular persons based on his foreknowledge of who would believe and persevere. So the difference is that in Calvinism, it's predetermined, mm -hmm. like God, God decides who gets saved and who doesn't get saved. Mm -hmm. But Arminianism says that God makes grace available to everyone and you choose. But because God is omniscient and knows everything, he knows what you're going to choose, but he didn't choose for you. Yeah. So th that's the difference. In Calvinism, God chooses for you. You're in or you're out. That's his choice. Mm. Arminianism is you choose for yourself, but God knows what you're going to choose and therefore acts accordingly to bring salvation to you because he knew you were going to choose it. Wow. And so it's a little bit different, but then, so Paul says like, well, you were chosen and you were predestined. So Paul's basically saying that God knew what you were going to choose. Mm -hmm. So a couple of verses are in Romans eight twenty nine. the Bible says, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. Again, the difference is that he didn't determine it. He knew who was going to do it. Romans eight twenty nine. the living Bible says, from the very beginning, God declared that those who came to him and all along he knew who would should become like his son so that his son would be the first with many brothers. Then Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says, um, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to God's elect strangers in this world scattered throughout different areas who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. So again, there's that God knew ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish. 
And so that that passage of scripture would say, you know, God doesn't want anyone to perish. He's not determining that. He's making it available to everyone. It's your choice. He's not going to choose for you, but he knows what you're going to do because he's omniscient. Yeah. And so, yeah. So really what ends up happening is um, the truth typically, as you see in the world that we live in today, everything is extreme one way or the other. Yeah. But the truth is probably somewhere in the middle of both of those things. Um, and so in those two opposing views, there's some common ground. And I think that's what we should focus on. Mm-hmm. And the common ground is, first of all, that a person still has to choose salvation for themselves. Yep. Like even if God did choose you to be saved, you still have to respond. Yep. So the, there's an onus on you to respond to the grace that God makes available to you. And when he convicts you of your sin, mm-hmm. the other thing is that the gospel still has to be preached so everybody yeah. can hear Because if somebody doesn't hear, they can't make the choice. Exactly. So as Christians, we have that responsibility to preach the gospel, what Jesus said in the Great Commission, you know, to make sure people know. And then the great news, the best news of it all, I think, is that if you're hearing the message today, you get to choose. You can choose right now to accept Jesus and ask him to forgive you of your sins. And so that's one of those things that that is uh, the common ground between between the three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and, and, and all of that, Right is we're at verse four. Right, <laughs> that's where we are. I it's mean, a and there's, lot in a there's, small amount of time. Yeah, there's so much more. And again, that's just two two verses, or maybe three verses of the that, that are, are make up eleven verses that make up one sentence. That's and so, wild. like Paul is just like this incredibly deep, rich guy. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, if we if we could just read over it and miss it all, or we could just stop and go slow and say, like, wow, there's mm-hmm. so much in there. So much, yeah. Uh, Pastor Robin mentioned in here that today you may have the option um, to accept Jesus, to make that decision to follow Jesus. And we're sitting here thinking about it and praying about it. And Rob felt like the the Holy Spirit convicted him and said that we want to give you that opportunity right now before we end this episode. So, Rob, would you would you lead us in that? Yeah, yeah. So, if you have never prayed a prayer to accept Jesus into your life and your heart, and you want to do that, we want to give you the opportunity to do that. There's nothing magical about it. It's just praying this prayer and meaning these words in your heart. And if you're driving, you can pray with your eyes open. So don't close your eyes. Keep 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 your eyes open. <laughs> but you can pray a prayer that goes something like this. Dear God, I'm grateful that you have worked in the past in my life to bring me to this point where I can have the opportunity to choose and to accept you. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay the penalty for my sins. And I surrender my heart and my life to you right now. And I ask that you would begin a relationship with me and that you would change me and make me into the person that you want me to be, to experience the life that you want me to experience. I surrender all of that and I accept and, and I accept all of these things that you've done for me in faith. And I ask these things and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's awesome, man. Well, I can tell you right now that I appreciate you as not just my pastor, but as a teacher in my life, because just hearing that and your ability to pack all of that information into a half an hour to 45 minute sermon, you're a pro. So I appreciate you doing that. Thank you. I don't know if I pack it in that shortly, though. (laughs) Depends on who you're asking. Depends on who you're asking. But today we're going to say thank you for it. Very kind. Thank you. Well, as always, man, your content is so thought-provoking and entertaining. Love having conversations with you about this. But uh, that's going to wrap us up for today's episode. Um, If you heard anything that you liked or that resonated with you or stuck out to you or you have questions on our study of Ephesians, reach out to us by sending an email to podcast at shepnaz.org and go out there and give us a five-star review on whatever platform 
platform you listen and share this with a friend to help spread the word. Make sure you check us out on all social media platforms and at shepnaz.org. For Pastor Rob and Pastor Joey, I'm Pastor Zach. Have a great rest of your day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.